Yeah. I mean, the action, as usual, is wonderful. Yeah. Um, what movie is this? Uh, it Man 4. What was it? But, uh, it Man 4. Have you ever it seen Man the It Man 4? movies? Oh, no, no, I haven't. I, 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 I always thought it was IP Man. Uh, welcome to another episode of Podjiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. Uh, I'm Pajiba contributor Dan Hamamura, and with me as always are Pajiba TV editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello. And the head of Pajiba Max, Dustin Rolls. <laughs> Pajiba Max. <laughs> Hello, yeah, Dan. Brand new Pajiba series, uh, service <laughs> for... It's like regular Pajiba, so if you have access to regular Pajiba, then you also get Pajiba Max without changing anything. But then if you don't have... Pajiba, and you can get Pajiba Max for uh, $2 less, which would be bad because then... <laughs> you would be spending Dustin money. Would be, Dustin, would, <laughs> Dustin would be paying... No, but then Dustin would be paying people to have Pajiba Max. Oh, yeah, that's not so going to work for me. Don't worry about this offer. That was just a joke, joke time. Look, it's, um, it's June 1st uh, on Monday, and we're recording this, and it's been a bit of a weekend. I don't know. I don't know what the fucking say, but... Uh, we're mostly not talking about that because this is a TV podcast, but also we're going to talk about uh, an article that we found interesting about the portrayal of cops on television. So it's going to come up, is all I'm saying. So, you know, don't don't listen if you don't want to hear that part, but that'll be later. First, uh, what's everybody drinking? I don't think that was a good intro, but whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to my beer now. It was fine, uh, Dustin, what are you drinking? Oh, thanks. Don't be so hard on yourself. I'm drinking. Uh, I, I believe I've had this before, but I really just really like the the, the label. It's Big Churn wine. It's a Chardonnay <laughs> called Big Is it Churn. Buttery? It it it's not really, but it's good. <laughs> it should be better. But it does have a churn on the uh, label. Makes me feel like I'm uh, living in a main farmhouse. Yeah, I mean, you like, are. can you I churn am, yes. wine? I mean, like, I don't, I, grapes? I don't know. I thought people just stepped isn't on that, grapes with their toes, and that how they yeah, make isn't wine? Yeah, that kind of, the, kind of the same yeah. thing? Yeah, so I yeah. guess you mm-hmm. could just churn it. Huh. Could you churn wine to the point where it becomes like a butter, where it's, <gasps> where it's, like, a, it's like a spreadable alcohol? Uh, oh. I would like alcohol that. spread. Like oh, you put it on your toast? <laughs> You're, that would be you're amazing. By nine thirty. Actually, there's a company somewhere around here that makes like artisanal jams, and a lot of them have alcohol in them. So it'll be like you know a red wine with a berry jam, or like I had one that was apricot IPA. But you, yeah, you can like then put it on toast. I don't think it's alcoholic. But so you just mix yours delicious. with uh, sparkling water, right? My jam. <laughs> <laughs> my wine. I know your jam. I would do both, honestly. Both. <laughs> my yeah, jam. I know. I put it on. I put it on a pork, a uh, pork loin, roast it. Oh, good. that's good. That good. Yeah. Yeah. 
We and started that's what eating you're drinking this. tonight, Tori. Is your yes, uh, pork loin, pork loin jam, and cup. Yeah. No, no. I'm on. I'm on the. I'm having bourbon. I'm back on my maple bourbon beat because it's been a week weekend. Okay. A, it's been. It's good. been a period of time that's been yeah. very stressful. Uh, understandable. Um, as for me, I'm drinking beer today. Um, what kind of it's, beer? Uh, it's Orion beer, which is from my homeland of Okinawa, Japan. Uh, it, it's spelled like Orion, and their uh, logo has like the three stars in Orion's belt, but you say it Orion because it's Japan. That's how you say it. Hmm. So. What, what style of beer is it? Um, it's just like a lager. I don't mm. know. It's pretty mild, but it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's nice to have something that's not like quadruple hoppy like everything in america these days something that's just drinkable yeah it's drinkable uh it goes down easy uh i may have to get up at some point and get some more because i don't know if i have enough um but you know if that happens then it i'll do it when dustin's talking um (laughs) which we'll get to now (laughs) starting with uh hbo max uh released last wednesday and did both of you get it besides bringing Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already had it, so it just it just oh, right, became right, yeah. HBO Max switch up, right. instead of being HBO. I, I canceled yeah. HBO on my on my cable so that I could sign up for HBO Max, and then I mm-hmm. have not actually downloaded the app anywhere. <laughs> so I haven't used it, but I'm paying for it. <laughs> well, that does make it difficult to watch uh, the new HBO Max original, Love Life, starring Anna Kendrick, um, which is, I think, their... I mean, there are a few other shows, but that was kind of like the flagship yeah. uh, launch show for them. Obviously, they have the Warner Brothers li- or the Warner Library, the HBO Library, uh, Criterion, I believe they have a deal with. So there's a lot of Criterion stuff on there. Yeah. And they have um, some Fast and Furious, Ghibli. which is... Yeah. The Fast yeah, and Furious movies are universal, stuff, aren't they? Yeah, so they probably have whichever ones are airing on HBO right now. But they've got... Mm. Um, oh. And they've got New Line, because Warner Brothers took over New Line, so they've mm-hmm. got that catalog, which I noticed this month. So, like, this month they don't have a whole lot of, like, ori- they don't have originals premiering because they mm-hmm. launched everything three days before the new month. But they, uh, they're they adding more movies to their catalog, and I noticed that they're adding the New Line film The Last Mimsy. Do you remember that one? Did it have Rain Wilson? I remember the title. I think it might have. I don't remember what happened in it. I was working there at the time. I don't remember anything about the movie. I think it's about like alien toys or something. It was terrible. Wait, is it live action or is it? Oh, yeah, it's live action. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think the title was the big barrier to anyone watching, caring, or remembering. <laughs> I do remember the title. I don't, I definitely haven't seen it. Um, probably because of the title. But yeah. Um, also, uh, it's a movie and I very and specifically not. do not, I do not watch this movies. This is not a movie but podcast. It's on a streaming podcast. But it's on it's a streaming a platform. That's true. So does that make it television? Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how how drunk I get. De- depending on how drunk I am, maybe that's when I'll watch uh, the last movie. <laughs> the last movie. Yeah. You won't remember, uh, so it's fine. When I'm wow. uh, when I'm trying to rewatch the Last Dance and instead find that. Um... <laughs> anyway, Love Life. Uh, so two of us watched it. Uh, the first three episodes released on Wednesday. They were they were originally going to release them uh, one at a time after that, but 
Uh, I know people seem to like it, so they're uh, they're accelerating that. So I think three more episodes are coming out this Thursday, and it's a ten episode season, I think. So anyway, uh, Dustin liked it. I I liked it a lot. How did you not like it? <laughs> no, I did like it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's not original, <laughs> particularly, but it's very sweet and endearing and very easy to watch. And uh, I don't know. It was just, it was how I met your mother crossed with Sex and the City. Right. I thought. I will say the, um, the yeah, it's, it's, it's totally pleasant. Um, I, I will say, I think uh, uh, the thing that I was most excited about, and I, I believe I've already told both of you this, is that... Um, so, uh, Anna Kendrick is basically, yep, yeah, she's the, she's the character who's, like, looking for love and, like, keeps, so he follows her through different relationships. But her first relationship is with, uh, Jin Ha, who we recently saw on Devs, and, um, I don't know, I was just excited to see him, uh, in a show, in another show, uh, to see an Asian male romantic lead, even if it's just for one episode, or although he comes back at least a little bit in episode three. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was just nice. And it's, uh, it's something think, that doesn't happen very often. And I think you you think, because he's Asian, you don't think he's Mr. Big of the show. But I am 95% sure he is. Uh, yeah, I am, I am not convinced yet that it's a, uh, that, that he's going to end up being the, as you, as you said, that he's going to end up being the mother. But we'll see. We'll, we'll know in about two weeks, so... <laughs> That's true. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, so all, of all these, of all the elements, Anna Kendrick, HBO Max, romantic comedy in New York, uh, very light and fluffy. Which of those things appealed to you the most, Tori? It's like your life in the twenties. <laughs> no, you did not know me in my twenties, but I can tell you right now, it is nothing like that. Um. So you're saying you didn't just kind of like bounce around New York City and then like fall in and out of relationships and then be like wondering why I don't know life is vaguely hard but in a in a way where you also get to afford a real big apartment um I one time went on an internet internet date with a guy who read me Harry Potter out loud in a park and that was the last time I ever tried to hook up with a guy on the internet I don't know does that count as looking for love (laughs) You know, Corey, they say that you attract the energy that you uh, that you put out there. I'm aware. So. I I attract a lot of weirdos. Um, anyway, uh, this is not about me, Dan. This is not a Tory podcast. This is a television podcast. That's and true. Let me just say that uh, the Jin Heilman uh, is the only is the only thing to answer your question that uh, makes me interested. I would mm-hmm. possibly watch to see if he is ultimately the mother big right. of the show, but uh, or 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 big mother, however you want to go with it. I think mother big is the way to go. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But I think my problem is that I didn't really watch a whole lot of How I Met Your Mother or Sex in the City, uh, so I'm not invested in seeing another iteration of that. Um, I don't really like joy or love. You don't like it um, because it hits too close to home, because it's too real for you. It's too foreign. No, no, no. It's too. It's <laughs> it's just too unrealistic. Um, it's just outside of my, my purview. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think that um, what, what occurred to me was every time 
as Dustin tried to explain it, and I read his wonderful review on pod, uh, uh, pajiba.com. You guys should check it out. <laughs> never uh, heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, and, and when Dustin was talking about it earlier, <laughs> and all I could think the whole time was with every detail that he added, I got less interested in, in, in the show. But then eventually he kept going and it, I started realizing I was losing my interest in like existence. So um, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to okay. watch the show. Wait a second. Uh, wait. Okay. Wait. Just, just, just <laughs> quickly. I know this is a TV podcast, but just let me ask you. Did you like okay. 500 Days of Summer? I didn't watch it. Oh, my God. What is <laughs> I don't really like... I don't know what to tell you. Well, that's funny because, because Tori, you don't, you don't seem to like rom-coms because... At all. Uh, be, well, I really but, but like be, A Life Less Ordinary. That's oh, not that. a rom. I love that's that. A, that is, that's yeah. not even a particularly good it's one. It's literally a rom. Like, that is it's, all yeah, about that's romance. that's specifically what it is. That's specific. Yeah. It just um, happens to have angels and, and claymation Danny Boyle segment. weirdness. Yeah, it's oh. great. That's what I need. Uh, okay. What about at least well, Eternal Sunshine? Say that I, I, <laughs> I didn't want Tori, to. Tori, Eternal Sunshine? Oh, my <laughs> God. No, that's like at least it a is, little bit of you, a little weird. bit of me. I saw bits of it. Yeah, I I know uh, I would like it if I watched it. I just I don't find Jim Carrey to be a convincing romantic. Oh no, he's not. And I I was he's never really all, into but... his like yeah. So I just always kind of was like, it looks good, you know. Eh. Uh huh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's uh, well, so weird. I was gonna say, Tori, that your you don't like them uh, because it is uh, antithetical to your experience, or so you claim. Um, <laughs> I I love rom coms because I love seeing uh, movies that uh, and, and TV shows that are you know of a foreign experience to me, and so I'm like, oh yeah, this is something that I don't know anything about. So I'm <laughs> I'm very happy about that. Um, wait, Dustin, I have a question. You so you watch Love Life, uh, but you, did you ever go back to watch Modern Love on Amazon? No, and it's just I just I just I, I and maybe I will, but I just don't <laughs> like. Look, I'm not saying they're the same show, but they're the same show. But no, but it's an anthology. His love of love is trumped by his hate of anthologies. Right, but that one has, has, it's the same thing except Anna Kendrick is the protagonist of every one. Right, you get continuity of character. You get continuity of character (laughs) in Modern Love. I thought everyone had a different person. there goes Dustin from our beer, uh, yeah. and and uh, and yeah, they, they it does, but they cross over from time to time. I let the dog uh, in. Also, look, New York is a, a not to not to sound like a cliche, but New York is a character in both of these shows, you guys. I, uh, I live you know, there. It, it doesn't need to be a character. <laughs> it's really, it's really the the like uh, it was the, a character in Tori's twenties. Yeah. Oh God. Again. Oh. I, okay. So you know what? Here's here's a rom com that I enjoyed. Always be my maybe. Oh, yeah, that oh. good. That's I fun. like that one. Yeah. It's because of Keanu. I watched it willingly. Was it because of Keanu? It was not. It was because of Randall Park. Oh, okay. Best uh-huh. Jimmy. Wong. And his surprisingly uh, surprisingly fun rap. Yeah. All of it. It was super uh, good. 
still really still really bummed that uh, I punched Keanu Reeves did not win uh, win the Oscar for best music or best original song. <laughs> did no, Netflix okay. put it in? Should it have? Was it close? <laughs> I mean, it should have won. It should have. Yeah. I mean, right. I think we can all agree. Much like the Mandalorian, it was oh. the best song of right. a movie. Yeah. Like it's it just was, it, it was the Mandalorian of best original songs that should have been submitted for the Oscars. Right. Last year, absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway, Love Life, a new HBO Max show and a new service for you to pay for, unless you have HBO, but not through your cable provider. So it's, it's very confusing. It's just like other rom-coms, and it's, but it's not like other Anna Kendrick TV shows, because she's on like three other shows. Uh, she is, but uh, you're getting ahead of yourself. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, is so, that the game? Uh, it's, it, it might be related to the game, is all I'm saying. So uh, we'll, <laughs> well talk about we, that in a bit. We wouldn't know because the game is untitled. <laughs> the t- game is untitled and unexplained at this point. But, you know, maybe it has something to do with Anna Kendrick and streaming services. So. Okay. Uh, don't, if I hear typing in the background, I'm going to penalize you, Dustin. So. <laughs> I'm not yeah, typing no anything. No, no, I know. Not, and No cheating. If it's Anna Kendrick related, I'm going to win. She's from Portland, Maine, where I live, and I once saw her... At a bar here, at like a dive bar here, and therefore that makes me the expert. Also, she was there at my first or second Sundance, and I saw her on a bus, and she is in my favorite movie of the last probably 15 years. Was it Camp? No. Was it the the singing ones? No, it's it's the one that nobody's seen, but I watched... The George Clooney one? Nope, I did love that one. But this is, uh, yeah, it was my first Sundance, and I went to see it twice at Sundance at a film festival. Have you ever seen two movie, a movie twice at a film festival? That's I how much that I loved allowed. it. What's the movie called? Rocket Science. Oh! oh. Yeah, that is oh, good. Oh, that's movie. cute. Was that the Sundance that you got kicked out of? Or no, you got disinvited from <laughs> coming back? Was that why you got back? kicked out of Sundance? <laughs> no. <laughs> this was my first Sundance, and I went with my wife, and she was like six months pregnant. And, and did you make her see the movie twice? Yes. <laughs> and so seriously, is this why you got kicked out of Sundance? No. Uh, nothing to do with it. I got kicked out like two years sure? later. Yes. Oh, okay. mm, but, but it started here, it feels like. <laughs> there was abuses. There was cheating. There was Dustin yeah. cheating. Um. Uh, anyway, that's not the only show that uh, that launched this week. Uh, also, re- releasing on the the Netflix, the uh, the long awaited by everyone, I'm sure. Uh, Netflix comedy <laughs> called Space Force. Uh, it's co-created by Greg Daniels and Steve Carell. Uh, they announced it like a week after. Trump announced the Space Force, and then they said, hey, we're going to make a show about this, and no one knew what it was. And then now it's on your Netflix for right, you right, but if you want to. It was like a joke, because like, they were like, Trump would never do this, so we'll, make, we'll do this for fun. And then Trump actually went ahead and did it. So Did it go that way, or did it go the other I thought he announced it, and then they said, that is such a dumb thing, we're going to make fun of it preemptively. Well, well, he announced it, but sort of in passing, and like no right. one thought he was serious, right? And then, and then they, then they, then they announced the, uh, the show, right? And then he got, and then he got mad, and he yeah. said, "Well, now we're gonna do it for real, right?" 
Which is Um, just, it just makes it hard because the show was too realistic without being realistic, but that's because reality isn't realistic. (laughs) So all of it was just not funny and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But not uncomfortable good, like The Office. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I like that we have so much to say about it. No, 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 it's like two dads trying to get together to make dad jokes about politics. Mm-hmm. And, but here's the other thing: it like it so it had everything it sh- it needed to be to be great. Like that's this is right. where I'm so shocked. Like everyone was excited because so it's the office team up, right? So it's Steve Carell, right. Greg Daniels. The show has John Malkovich. Uh, Who was actually ben, pretty good in it. He was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's doing his thing, but it's a good mm-hmm. thing. I mean, he's John Malkovich. Yeah. Um, and Ben Schwartz. and was not good I, 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 Steve no. Carell, Jimmy O. Yang, Jimmy o. Tommy Yang, Newsom. Yeah, um, yeah like uh, Jessica St. Clair playing shortly. like a tiny role. Yeah. Oh, and they just throw Jane Lynch and Diedrich Bader in there just to fucking mm-hmm. put them in the commercial. Yeah. Yeah, that was that scene was so weird. <laughs> I was like, oh and and the guy who I always forget his name, but he's the oh, Also the, from Veep. The uh, guy from Veep. Dan Bacadol. Yes. yes. That's that's the guy you're thinking of, yeah. Yeah. I, I just always think of him from um Venture Brothers. But I don't think that's not who I'm thinking of. No, I'm thinking of the guy who who does all the voice acting. He and he was in the original live action The Tick. Oh, uh, Patrick oh, Warburton. Yeah, Patrick yeah, Warburton, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Putty. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that too. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, yeah. the Venture Brothers. <laughs> yeah, he Frock or, Samson. Or, or his like six episodes of on Seinfeld over eight years. <laughs> you know, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he had no, one it, line it is, and it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it is strange though, because it, it does feel like there's so much talent there that it should work. Um, but I, I, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to think about like what it, what it felt like to me. And it kind of felt like, the, uh, Dustin will appreciate this, Tori maybe slightly <laughs> less so, but like, what, it's, it's like when you watch like, a, like an all-star game, like, yeah. a, like an NBA all-star game or like Major League Baseball, where like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, all, it's the most talented people. They're all there, but they're, but it's not, they're not nope. like a team. So, like they're, they they have they all have incredible individual skills on display. Wait, but it doesn't come together. I know sports, so it's like in the '90s <laughs> when they would do the Olympics, and you'd have the basketball dream team, but it was mostly the Bulls with a few other players. But there was always the people that they played against, and it didn't really matter how good any of them were because they were all better than all the other countries. Uh, Except not like that because the show isn't better than all the other TV shows. <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, I get sports. Yes, Tori. I, Tori, I appreciate your. I really tried. your analogy, <laughs> and it is it is definitely kind of like that, except not at all. But it does relate to basketball, which I was talking about. Yes. So uh, I hope that didn't make me sound like a, a dick just now. No, it didn't. Well, no, I sound like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, for other reasons, not for. Being a, like an, I don't know, whatever. I thought you were anyway. very supportive. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think maybe... I appreciate you making me feel better. Because <laughs> that's, that's what's important. I think I made a hole in one sports thing. 
There you go. Thank you. I think that um, maybe but, Steve Carell is a very talented comedic actor, but not a very good comedic writer. Um, I don't know that I would buy that. I think it's. Mm. I think he has a harder time mm. being. I. It's hard because I, I feel like in his career, this was like an interesting. It's in a lot, he's been doing so many serious roles lately. Right, right, right. And this was sort of like him being the straight man in a comedy. But right. that's not the role I'm used to seeing him in in a comedy. Right. So it felt very kind of uncomfortable because mm-hmm. there was just like a, a certain tension to the, to the performance because it's like, it's not that he's not, like what he's doing isn't necessarily funny, but it just felt very, and, and he's trying to play this more or less buttoned up, exasperated, like military, he's like a four-star general. Right. Um, and it's all ridiculous, but it's not, it, it's like it just doesn't work because he's not, ah. Well, it's funny that you, you said that also because he, because his character, one thing that for better or worse, a lot of successful sitcoms have is that they usually have one, even though they'll get to play, you know, they'll get to be absurd in their own way at times. You usually have one kind of like main straight man comedically. Right. Um, and and you're right that Carell technically falls into that role, but he's also also just as absurd as everyone else in in kind of like weird um, in we, in weird way, I mean, like as an example, there's one. I don't remember if this is in the pilot, but there there's one early episode where they're talking about a problem, and he basically says, "Oh, let's bomb it. Like, what can we bomb? Like, that's our that's what we do in the Air Force. So, like, let's do that." Yeah. And uh, and it it comes off as like, okay, if he's that dumb, then how is he also this other character who's smart in these other times? And yeah. And, and it doesn't quite line like for his uh, his assistant, who's also a general. But that, you know that character is dumb the whole time. So right. it's like okay, it's one note, but I get it, and it makes sense like the way they play off each other. But because he kind of like switches back and forth, and there are times where they're trying to do kind of like heartfelt stuff. So it's like with uh, Carell and the and his uh, his he has daughter in the show, and those moments they try to make it kind of like heartfelt and resonant and like emotionally resonant. But they haven't done enough work to to right. meld the two. It's like so it he's just the bumbling like dad, show. but you don't yeah. see enough of that for it. But also, part of the reason why the family stuff is awkward is because you have the the elephant in the room, which is his wife, Lisa Kudrow, <laughs> is in prison, and they right. apparently never explain why through no. the entire first season. Yeah, I I was I actually went back to see if they ever explained it, and they. As far as I could tell, they did not. No, I looked it up, and, so and, and, like, and they said they specifically did not. They would, like, reveal it by the end of the series. Uh, it's like cool. a, running, it's a it's, running joke. A terrible, terrible running joke. But it's not a joke when right. it's just a plot hole. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know how Kramer would, like, burst into the room, like, into Jerry's apartment <laughs> with the, like, door swing and the thing? Like, that's a running, that's a running gag, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, her just being unexplained no, is like... incarcerated is <laughs> it's not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Am I just it's like, being, uh, like really Niles' crazy? wife. No, no, no. I, I think it's like Niles' wife. It's just sort of like uh, it's, they're trying to like keep it going. She's and unseen sort of like and the, she's just... Right. Yeah. 
or her crime is unseen. While she's sleeping with the guard. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's a bad show. It's it's Get Smart, Steve Carell, and I hated Get Smart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That actually kind of makes sense. I get that. Um, Dustin, was there anything that you uh, liked in the show? I'm just curious. Because I have one thing, but it's small, and I'm like, I I mean, it couldn't be a big storyline, but I... I enjoyed it. I liked episode five, the um, little paintball game, and I liked uh, Malkovich particularly in that. I thought Malkovich was pretty good. He was good. Um, And he was very... uh, He looked like he was having fun, for better or worse. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, I... So my my thing was the... um, I liked that through the course of the the season, uh, although this leads me to a different question that I had... Um, uh, they kind of, uh, they thread through this, uh, this burgeoning friendship and maybe romantic relationship between Jimmy O. Yang's character and Tawny Newsom's character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a background thing that just kind of, that kind of happens. But, um, but it's kind of nice because you, those two characters, because of that kind of experience growth in like a small way, um. Which is kind of and, and there's a there's a clear trajectory there's a clear arc, um, so it felt you know uh, intentional unlike some of the other stuff that happens, um, but that does lead me to my question, which was that I don't quite understand how time works on this show, because it 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 would seem like it seems like it's very compressed like things are happening you know within like a few days but right then, yeah yeah but then there are other things that happen where it seems like did we go forward like three months i don't know i don't know like it could have been three months or it could just be they're just pretending and they're like no they did that in like a week or whatever right um, did they go from like training to go to the moon uh, to going to the moon in like uh, a week yeah um and then and then on top of that there's the um wait dustin you 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 went all the way through right you said mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, so at the end, um, uh, look, things get crazy at the end, and then there's a, there's a point where, uh, where Steve Carell has to get out of, he's been restrained, he has to get, uh, oh, Tori, I'm about to spoil stuff, does that matter to you? I, no. Okay, <laughs> well, spoilers for everyone else. Uh, Steve Carell's restrained, and then he gets out of his restraints, because everyone in this world is very dumb. And then uh-huh. uh, flies a helicopter to go rescue his daughter, who is maybe hanging out with, like, meth heads, but it's not entirely clear, uh, uh-huh. somewhere in the uh-huh. desert. And then he picks her up in the helicopter, which he can fly. But they've established that, so that part's not the crazy part. And then they're flying away, and then they randomly see uh, his, uh, his wife, who is, who is broken out of prison, Along with the her guard lover, um, <laughs> they happen to be. We never see it. We just see them running in the desert, and so they pick them up, and they're all in this helicopter t- together. So because she has so to be the, there for her daughter, right? So the family unit is uh, is rebuilt, and and also with a guard, um, and then and and all of that. Look, I mean, I I get you know time is fungible in television, but all of that happens on screen within, like, 90 seconds. Right, it does. It was, yeah. And it was, uh... Oh, 
Does anything ever it. does anything ever become of the the Russian maybe spy boyfriend? Oh, he ends up being like a good guy and not a spy. Oh, okay. does he? Wait, what happened with him? Wait, uh, he's the he one. Kinda, that, he kind of he's falls the one away. that lets Steve Carell. No, no, he's the one that lets Steve Carell out of his restraints. No, that's the dumb Alabama. Go, no, that's the dumb Alabama guy. Isn't it? Oh my god, I'm confusing. I don't. I don't know. I thought they were. I don't know. Maybe. No, 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 no. No, actually, wait, wait. I take that back. When when they're restrained, it's um. No, it's Malkovich who has the lighter, right? So it's Malkovich and it's him and yes. it's the dumb Alabama guy. Those three are the. Oh, ones it's the dumb died. Alabama guy. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, the Russian guy kind of falls away, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he. Yeah, I think he just kind of disappears. Hmm. I like Jessica Sinclair. They also. She's very. Uh, yeah, Jessica St. Clair was good. Um, yeah, and yeah. they also did a very, like, one-note caricature type thing. So, like, as an example, they have a they have a congressional visit at one point. It, wait, was that in the pilot? I think it was in the pilot. Oh, okay. Um, and then there's, like, Ginger Gonzaga, who's great, but she's playing AOC. Like, she's playing, like, a caricature yeah. of AOC. And it's, like, it's it's obvious. It's, like, okay, you're making a a, a silly version of AOC. We get it cool but the joke never goes beyond that it's just like look at who this person is representing but it also i mean even saying it was a silly caricature is giving it too much credit like we all can get that subtext but there's she has like three lines right like there is nothing like that her only moment of humor is like her not getting a very bad joke that steve corralled up like it's there's nothing there yeah (laughs) That's, I think, a lot of it. Like, I think maybe that's my problem with the show is the show asks you to make a lot of these connections, but it's not giving you any work to justify them. Right. So it's like, yeah, I can I can get all the real world parallels, but like do something with them. Right. Right. There, There's no point of view beyond look at what we're referencing. Right. Ha <laughs> Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, which is... Uh, too bad because uh, it, it's it's uh, uh, C- Greg Dan- compared to Greg Daniels' other show, which just premiered, Upload. Uh, I liked Upload a lot more, and I did not like Upload that much. Yeah. <laughs> like it was fine, but compared to this, it was amazing. Yeah. and I can't wait for season two of Upload. Um, <laughs> so you know, Upload got better as it went on, and Space Force did not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't have nearly the amount of, like, uh, talent or attention or anything that right. Space Force had going for it. Um, right. And it is, like, I got to the end of the first episode and was, like, actually interested in watching the next one. And I got to the end of the first episode of Space Force and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've done enough. Right. <laughs> like, there's, yeah, Space Force is, like, I mean, uh, Upload is... It's yeah, it's not amazing, but it's it's really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I really like Robbie ML too. Yeah, he was so good in uh, uh, Duff. I don't know, nobody's ever seen that movie, but it's so good, and he is so fucking fantastic in it. Nobody watched it because of the offensive title, which is Duff is uh, what is it? Uh, it's Hillary Duff, right? No, no. <laughs> no? Did we lose Dustin? We might have lost Dustin. Anyway. I, for a second, I thought it was my audio, and I was like, no, oh, no. he's he's frozen on my screen. Well, anyway, whatever. Um, 
That's a movie, and we don't talk about movies here. We but, don't talk uh, about movies, and also it's a beer from The Simpsons, so whatever. Yeah, Duff beer. Um, uh, Hillary Duff, and does she have a sister? Uh, yes. There's another one, right? Yeah. There's another uh, Duff. There, are, so I think there are multi Duffs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Duff can be a lot of things, Dustin. That's why, that's why we booted you from this podcast. Also, if you seconds. want to talk about places where Robbie Amell has been, I think the obvious answer is, like, the first episode of The Flash, where he is almost immediately killed off. Oh, right. He's a, he's a CW person. Yeah. And then he shows back up, and he's, like, a part of Legends of Tomorrow for, like, I think the first season. And his brother is the... Is the Arrow. The, the Arrow, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, I have a question, Tori, yes. uh, or actually all of you, now that Dustin's back. Um, is he back? It, uh, he should be. Um, <laughs> does Robbie Amel... Amel? Robbie Amel? Um, Amel? Amel? Did he seem like... Like, he kept reminding me of, like, a like a more, like, CW chiseled-ish version of uh, um, Jason Ritter. Like I was, like yeah. I kind of felt uh-huh. like he's yes. kind of playing it. He's kind of playing a little bit like Jason Ritter. I mean, he the character more douchey yeah. than what Jason Ritter normally plays. It's but. it's Jason Ritter as a catalog model. Yeah, and yes. that's why I like him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, unlike the your Duff, description of love life. <laughs> my, before my I got cut out. The Duff is uh, the it's sort of a rom-com with a Mae Whitman who is the Duff, the designated ugly fat friend. That's awful. Terrible. That's awful. I know. And yet the movie is fantastic. And yet Mm. you could have just said, it's like, isn't Duff the brand of beer on the Simpsons? It is. Which is a TV show. Uh huh. Okay. I don't know what to tell you, but Bella Thorne was in that movie too. (laughs) Ugh. Yeah, I know. I know. This Who's Bella is, I'm not Thorne? selling you on it. And Mae Whitman plays a high schooler, and she's like, at this point, 35 years old or something. I don't know. I love Mae Whitman. I know. Me too. And she looks very young, though. Oh, Dustin, look, we can agree on something. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Talk amongst yourselves. I need more beer. Okay. Oh. Oh, he gave us a heads up. That's cute. Oh, that is nice. I always kind of like it when one of us ghosts. I just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of, yeah. And next thing we know, we hear your voice from like 20 feet away. The oh, wow. rattle of it. <laughs> Mae Whitman is also in Valley Girl. And I don't know if she plays uh, like oh. somebody young or like. So it's weird because Mae Whitman played a high schooler in The Duff. And then like four years later, she's playing a mom in, of a teenager in Good Girls. What? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, because I know she's in Good Girl. I, yeah, she is one of those, you know, you talk about, like, uh, I know the actors have to play, like, often, you know, are playing under their age or whatever. But, it, yeah, her career is fascinating because she just, she can play all over the map. Let's see, she and is. Yet she, and yet, whenever you watch her, she doesn't look noticeably different. No. Nope. <laughs> like, right. I'm just always like, oh, egg. Yeah. <laughs> she is 31, which, yeah, she looks 31, but she like also looks 24. the mother of a teenager. Yeah. When, yeah. when was she supposed to have had the kid? Like, do they say that in the show? Like, uh, they, I don't think they do, but she, I mean, she can't be more than like 36 or 37 in the show. So it must have been like at 20 yeah. or something. Mm. Because she's, um, 
she her ex husband is the oh yeah never mind you don't watch Friday Night Lights it's not a joke you care about but you know who loves Friday Night Lights sure 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 Mae Whitman it's like our favorite show ever she's and now look she's a better person than I am that's true. She's also officially in the same universe as Friday Night Lights, Dustin. Did you know that? Oh, from what? I forget. Parenthood? Because Parenthood. Yes. Parenthood and Friday Night Lights officially exist in the same universe based on some web, web uh, shorts that they did. Where, Even though uh, Michael B. Jordan plays two different characters. Well, you know, it's, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. that's what the premiere was missing, was Michael B. Jordan. Oh, yeah, he didn't come until the fourth season. We don't, we don't go to... I would have had to sit there and watch no, 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 that no, much of the three. show? Season three. Oh, was it Ooh. season three? Okay. Oh. Yeah. He doesn't come in until they go to East Dillon, and East Dillon doesn't exist until season three. Wait, but how long are these people in high school? No, no, that was season uh, four. depends on East, which person. East Dillon was season four. Was season four? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, so season four. Um, uh, they're in high school for... So the funny thing is... Um, Some of these people Tim Riggins, out. Right, but Tim Riggins, who was clearly set up to be a senior in season one, yeah. it turns out was a sophomore and hanging out with the quarterback who is a senior. So True, but by season four, out, he's in prison, so... Right, but 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 the, by then he's actually but yeah. So he so uh, what's the guy's name? Taylor Kitsch mm-hmm. is a sophomore in high school when uh, when the show begins. Yeah, because uh, all sophomores in high school looked like that. Yeah, and hang out and are best buddies with the senior quarterback captain. Like you know, it, it that totally makes sense. But don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I mean, at least at least uh, at least what's his name? They set him up as a sophomore from the beginning. So. Oh, Matt Street? Saracen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Saracen. No, no, Street yeah. was a yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But but Saracen was always set up to be an underclassman. Yeah, he was an so underclassman. Like, yeah. And that means his friend was... His friend? Was a meth, meth murderer. His yeah. friend oh, is, a... is Jesse Plemons. Yeah, yeah I know. Murderer. And I all booked Mr. Kristen Dunst. Right. <laughs> I was Lead singer name, of Crucifictorious. What? Oh, Chris Victorious, by the way, is how they get the crossover into uh, Parenthood. Oh, oh that's, that's a th- because oh, they you're do some about kind something of from the show. He's a Christian death yes. metal band that uh, he what? he sings in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know. All we're saying is that you should really keep going on Friday. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Um, uh, look, I will if Dustin will watch some Supernatural. Nope. I've, I mean, the Dustin, deal, the deal is on the table. There's 15 seasons. Give me a. I didn't yeah, but say t- you had Tori to watch all of it. will give you a syllabus. No, that's not how I work. I'm a completist. I cannot just watch an episode or three. Dustin, I I don't know what to tell you. We gave you homework for for Star Trek, and you didn't finish it. That's true. You still um, have not finished Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, you haven't even watched. Yeah, so here, so I could give you a couple of episodes, and if you feel compelled to watch fifteen <laughs> seasons of Supernatural, that's on you. That would not be the homework, but you know, you know what you need to do to get me to watch more Friday Night Lights, and maybe you know what you never know. Maybe if I watched more. I would get really hooked. You would. That's it's true. not like I am devoid of emotion. They're just sort mm-hmm. of shallow and hard to reach. 
And she does really want murder. No, and we yeah. don't watch. We don't again. No, what, we don't like to talk about, about it, it. But but at some point, what if that's my favorite does season? Happen. <laughs> what if that's like the thing that gets me into the show? I'm like, this is the best ever. <laughs> oh, that would be bad because yeah, that's the doesn't. Jesse, I, wait. So is he the meth murderer? Did yeah. you spoil no, that's it? in uh, Breaking Bad. But he's also the in <laughs> Friday Night Lights. He is indeed. He is he? the murderer. He is. Yeah. Dustin, you don't have to spoil it. Man. Well, I mean, I tell everybody who watches Friday Night Lights, do not watch season two. Just skip it. Don't no, wait, don't. there are elements of season nope. two that are required. No. You need to understand, you need to understand Street's relationship uh, in season two with Aaron to get, to get the proper enjoyment of the New York episode in season three. Uh, <laughs> it's but, a lot. To, I'm going to be honest. You got to power through, you gotta power through that, 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 uh, that shark... Uh, Shark miracle cure in Mexico thing. You gotta Wait, get right through what? that. You gotta get through the murder. You gotta get through. Dan, you are speaking my language. Dustin, if you had mentioned no. any of this, like sharks and and meth murders no, and like season any two of this is a mistake. The, the problem is that is that season two deviates greatly from what the majority of fans enjoy about the rest of the show. So literally it's made for people like me who don't like the rest of the <laughs> I show. I mean, maybe. Like, I don't know. And then it'll go back to being good it was and I'll like, be like, meh. <laughs> it was like NBC is like, we need more viewers, so fucking do some wild shit. I don't and think that's what happened, is I, it? What the hell happened? Why would they do that? <laughs> I think it's just you know you get you try to How long you're, can you're you trying follow to football players in Texas. Yeah, you're trying to push the envelope. You're trying to trying to test the waters. You know, we need a separate podcast devoted specifically to season two of Friday Night Lights. Look, all oh, I'm I saying mean, we is can do that. football. High school footballers in Texas is not Dustin, as timeless a concept as monster hunters from. Well, Kansas. you're not from the South, then, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> I mean that's Aww, that's true. I got that, a ma'am. Neither of us are from the south. <laughs> neither of us. So, and yet you understand, Dan. Well, yeah, but I mean, I just I just watch TV. Yeah, you know. it's true. You have a heart. Anyway, well, that's not. Tori got far. hers beat out in New York in the twenties by all those disastrous <laughs> relationships. <laughs> you say in the twenties as if I was there in, in the nineteen twenties. In the twenties, yeah, that's what I heard also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go there for college and you get numb and then you stay there because you don't have the money to leave. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, 15 years have gone by. It's a, just a common right. millennial story. And then you have yeah. all those high heel shoes. I did not buy any high heel shoes when, when I lived in New York. I, Let me just say that. I will say <laughs> I had some very uncomfortable boots that I, because uh-huh. you walk everywhere in New York. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I permanently <laughs> lost feeling in like two of my toes for like a good couple of years because I walked around in, in bad footwear in New York. Look, I'm not saying I had exciting. I had, I did have some exciting New York stories. A guy threw a water bottle at my head one time in a subway station. Why? Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I think he was crazy. That's my bad. Oh, he he's crazy. crazy. Oh. Um, I saw a lot of exposed genitals on the subway. Uh-huh. That was not me, to be clear. That was, well, <laughs> I didn't know you then, so I can't confirm that it wasn't you. Um, Did you have any guys have any crossover in New York? What years were uh, you there? Well, Tori we was there in the 20s. We probably at the same time, because I was there, I was there uh, 2005 to 2007, so I'm sure we were there at the same time. Yes, we absolutely but. were. 
Mm-hmm. So I was very. I was. Subway stories five, are coming together now for you. I was living in a five-bedroom apartment in Harlem. How about you, Dan? I was in a studio, a tiny studio in a walk-up uh, in East Village. Oh, I didn't. So we probably never crossed paths. No. Okay, wait. That's unless like, you spent so far away. Uh, unless you spent time on St. Mark's, that's really the only uh, only way we might have met. A couple times. Probably. You were in a five-bedroom apartment in Harlem. Yes. See. In uh, Love Life, she's always <laughs> overhearing her roommates having sex. So I think we, moved on from this Love is Life, probably doesn't. something that Tori can relate with. I could. Um, I mean, I found <laughs> used condoms in my bathroom oh a few my times. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what to it's say. It's a universal story of women in their 20s in New York. Yes. The condoms were from my male roommate. We had to we had to give him a lot of lectures about like being less of a dirtbag, oh, and yeah. also taking care of the women he brought home because he would he was a bouncer at a nightclub, so he worked all night and he and so we'd all be in bed because we had like normal jobs and he'd come home with some chick at like four in the morning, uh, sleep with her and then he would he would try and cold shoulder her out of the apartment the next day. So she'd wake up thinking they're going to, like, hang out, and he would just ignore her. But then he's got, like, five other roommates. So we're all very awkwardly in the living room, like, trying to be nice to this poor girl (laughs) who's still there at noon the next day. (laughs) And we're like, do you want some coffee? Would you like something to eat? Oh, my God. It was so awkward. Uh. Yeah. No, there was, um, anyway, those post-college years. Oh, those were the days. Remember when you could like see other people and go out into the world? Yes. Was, no. You know, yes. It, it, and this was before the the last recession, so you know. Okay. To be were, fair, Tori, uh, Tori moved to Vermont and hasn't does that hasn't done that in like months. Voluntarily, or, yes. Yeah. <laughs> months. And it, I'm, the world has just caught up with me. I'm a trendsetter. That's right. <laughs> that's true. You made the ultimate hipster move that's of right. isolating well in advance. Yeah, I'm just really concerned about public safety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know. There is literally like no virus in Vermont now. I know. Oh, wait, I wanted to ask what happened with your. Do we get a chainsaw update? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. It's. Well, I've, I ordered a new one, it arrived. Oh, okay. Is, I, is the blade of the old one still stuck, or were you yes, able to get it out? it is a monument to my incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> it's just out there. And and it's like, and the worst part is if I ever have to show somebody, it's like not even in my yard. Like, there's no reason. I just was like, I got ahead of myself. It's out. You're just like, I have a chainsaw. <laughs> I'm going to go cut this thing. Like, I shouldn't have done it. It was dumb. I'm, I was in the middle of the woods. Like, what's another down tree in the woods? I was. I was like, I'm going to clear up this. I didn't need to. So, you know, but no, I've moved on. I have bigger challenges. There are, uh, I think I have some sort of like wasp hornet infestation. Oh, 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 yeah. Everywhere. So I have, I had to get exterminators and I've been very slowly at dusk going out with like spray cans to try and, cause yeah. You got to get one of those, um, one of those exterminators that you put in like a retainer. We got one oh, of those. yeah, no, they talked to me, and they were like, we recommend the quarterly yeah, yeah. plan, and I was like, yeah, that's yep, fine. Yep, we need that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that makes sense. I save you money, live, and you take yep. care of my... <laughs> and literally, it was like, yeah, you live in the middle of the woods, like, yeah, you're you going to have it. problems. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> like, reminds me. 
This has nothing to do with TV, but your chainsaw story reminded me. <laughs> so I have neighbors, and, and they, one day they, like, harass my children. They're like, hey, uh, your parents need to cut that tree that's hanging over in our yard because it's going <sighs> to fall into our house. Those kind of neighbors are the worst. I know, I know. <laughs> and we're like, okay. And then the girls come home and rush home and tell us all about it. And we're like, okay, 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 we'll do that. And then, like... We had a huge storm and a windstorm or whatever, and it and and they sort of yelled at the girls because the tree branch fell, and I was like, "Oh my God, did it fall on their house?" And they were like, "No, no, 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 it wasn't their house. It was the tent. They had a little tent." <gasps> was and it one it, of the car tents, what? like the fake garages? Yeah, yeah, like a- yeah, yeah, and it ripped. Oh. Whatever, those things And I'm like, yeah, rip. exactly. And I'm like, fuck you. I don't give a shit. It's your Get a goddamn real garage. tent. Right. <laughs> they Get have a, a real garage. <laughs> they just made one of these fake tents for like their lawnmower. lawnmower whatever. Yeah. Because, oh. Yeah. Also, if it, like, yeah, if you had a sh- real, like, insurance would cover it, it wouldn't matter. Um, the hanging over tree thing is such a suburban, like, they do that all the time. My that happened to my grandfather. He had like a big old tree. The people next door were like, "You gotta cut that down because in the storm, it's gonna come down on our house." Mm-hmm. And then it did, and it knocked down a fence, and it was kind of a problem. So he had to. But it, it's a problem because it's like, you know, the people who that the the tree is on their property technically have to pay for it, right? Right. But it's like the limb isn't affecting you at all. Like they could just bring somebody in. I, I had something, this is a little different, but I was super annoyed because I had to pay like a bunch of money to take care of it. Um, a tree from our neighbor's yard across the street, not yard, like patch of woods, but I don't own it. It's not my woods. Um, tree fell in a storm, crossed the road, knocked down the power line. The power lines were on my side of the, on my property. Uh, so the power company comes in the middle of the night, cleans up the tree because it's crossing the road and on the power line. But instead of picking the large tree chunks up and pitching them back where they came from, they pitched them on my my yard. So now I have a entire down tree that was never mine to begin with, just all over my yard. <laughs> and I had to pay somebody to come and cut it up and take care of it. <laughs> that was a little annoying. And it was like not not pleasant. It was it like destroyed some stuff. But I was like, the power yeah. company did it. It was nobody's fault. But it also right. like, I'm like looking at the stump across the street that I don't own. So Dan, what kind of podcast is this anyway? What, what? Well, technically it's about television, but, but I don't just talk about trees. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have any of these problems. No, I know. My, my <laughs> I mean, in the, is... in the past, I feel like we've, we've, we've touched base on the fact that we're a DIY podcast right. on behalf of our producer, Seth, AKA right. love spackle. Right. So we need uh, a separate podcast for trees and the second season of Friday Night Lights. <laughs> yes. So that podcast would be called uh, uh, Trees and... Trees clear and eyes, full hearts, <laughs> cut trees. Clear, clear tree, clear forest, full, <laughs> no, we'll get full eyes. Um, we'll work it out. We'll work yeah, it out. Yeah, we'll get there. Workshopping it. <laughs> Look, it's all part of the Podjiba Media Empire. <laughs> Which is definitely happening. Don't even oh, worry yeah. about it, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, let's move on to our very serious topic. An hour in, uh, oh, so that's God. cool. Okay. Um, well, or we, we can we can punt on it if it. you want. No, no, we can talk about it. You want to cut it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, all right, this is kind of a bummer, but uh, I, I closed the article, so whatever. Um, I don't think it's a bummer. Right. 
I mean, it's, it's something. It's, kinda, it's, an, it's an interesting topic to talk about. It is interesting, but I I feel like it's a bummer. But that's from my I, I mean from from my point of view, and that will become clear shortly. Um, uh, Catherine Van Arendonk on Vulture, who's one uh, of my favorites. Yeah, uh, she's a great writer, uh, and she wrote a piece on uh, basically about how uh, police are often the protagonists of television shows, and how. But because uh, because we prioritize their point of view in TV, uh, their you know it, it ends up it has this effect of propping up the police and um, serving you know purposefully or not as propaganda as a as a um, you know as a as you know showing them as as always right versus the criminals who are always wrong. And uh, and often, you know, in television, the cops often shoot people, and you know they're always it's always in response to a threat. So it's not like you know in the television show it is justified, but like the TV show Justified, but um, yeah, fair, yeah. but it's, but it, but it's just but it's just you know it, it, you gotta it, take down Tim Ray, him now. God damn it! No, I I love that show. No, I, I know, mean, I know, I do too. Unapologetically, I didn't but, even but, think of him in this context. Well, it's in the article, Dustin, oh, which you yeah. clearly so, read. I did read so. it. No, I just missed <laughs> Raylan. But no, the, the point is just like, you know, th- this weekend, obviously, it's been, um, there have been protests around the country about about police brutality and police violence. And it the, the article asks the question, basically, of like, what, you know, is it, you know, we, we're, what's the role of media, in a sense? And like, what's the... Um, how do you deal with that? Because these shows are very profitable and very successful and, you know, often really good television, but they also, uh, you know, they, they're also create part of creating this environment where we glorify, uh, where we can glorify police and, uh, presume that they're in the right, even when they're clearly in the wrong, uh, in real life, because real life is so much more, you know, it's not, it's not cut and dry the way that a TV show would be. Um, and and, uh, and yeah, to be fair, sorry, the the article it's not necessarily a new line of argument. Like and and mm-hmm. she, and she in the article cites other um, studies and and right. and scholarly works that have explored this idea. And also, mm-hmm. you know, she does present sort of um, uh, things that complicate that narrative. It's not as cut and dry. You know, you have right. things like prestige TV that have have entered. You know, so so basically, and we talk about. I think you know, it's it's not an unusual concept that there are tropes, and so right. in terms of cop procedurals, like this is going you know back to Dragnet and mm-hmm. to you know the, these are there are these sort of tropes that have been around for for decades. And, you know, and then you you start getting NYPD blue or um, was it Hill Street blues or, Mm -hmm. you know, there are a lot of shows that lay the groundwork. But it's also worth talking about in the past 20 years as we've had this massive expansion. You have the whole Dick Wolf empire of all of the, you know, everything that Law and Order spawned and everything, you know, and and that's not the end of it. Um, But she, you know, she also mentions that, like, look, there's prestige television that complicates that narrative. Things Mm -hmm. like The Shield or The Wire or, you know, we get these cable shows that are 
much more forefront about presenting cops as problematic figures. Right. Uh, or something like The Wire, which very much is, you know, the marketing uses uh, McNulty. You know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of, you look at the poster and you think it's a show, it's your typical show about a white detective investigating, right. you know, criminals. And you watch the show and realize that the criminals have equal screen time. And it's right. as much about their perspective as the cops' perspective. And, right. there's, there's and it's a, about everything, uh, the, the system in concert versus yeah, the system just as a whole. the cops. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then, but, you know, and going even further, you end up with something like The Sopranos, which is much more of a gangster story. It's not, mm-hmm. a, you know, you're looking at, the, so there's, this is not a cut and dried issue, right. but in general, if you're just going to say like, you know, it, it, inarguably there is a much larger, uh, media, there are actual, like the franchises alone mm-hmm. built around police officer procedural, you know, whether it's drama, whether it's comedy, whether it's whatever, um, they're everywhere. Right. And it's really hard to argue that point of view. They're very yeah. easy framing devices, I assume. Yeah. That yeah. that's that's one of the bigger problems is that is that it is uh it within it as far as like episodic TV goes, which means, you know, specifically network television. Right. Uh, uh police procedural is the is the cleanest it, it's probably the cleanest structure you can have because you start with a usually a murder but some kind of crime. And then you end with justice. And the, the whole episode, all it's about is getting from A to B. Yeah. Um, and there and can so be... It, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, like, there can be nuance in that. Like, sometimes, right. you know, even on the Law & Order shows or whatever, like, the detectives may cut some corners. It may not always be... They may not always be, you know, perfect detectives or whatever. Right. They may actually kind of... <laughs> commit crimes or whatever, but it, because they are our protagonists and we've been watching them for sometimes, you know, 14 seasons, Right, we are on their side. And as mm-hmm. long as justice is found at the end, you're not getting these courtroom scenes where it's like, oh, all of this evidence is thrown out because yeah. it was obtained illegally or, right. you know. Briscoe could you, do no wrong, even when he did wrong. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's because, again, you're dealing with a franchise or, you know, certainly a show that has to it has to continue. Right. And if you not everything can be the shield. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I think that there are a lot of I think there is nuance that can be explored on a Mm -hmm. on an uh, on a show by show basis. But I think the overall argument of the of the article is sound, which is just like. And it's true of anything. Like, we need to look at the media that we consume with a critical eye mm-hmm. and notice these patterns and how they can influence us. Right. If we're, you know, if we are offered on a platter, it, like, countless hours of programming every month on so many networks mm-hmm. that are told from the cop's point of view, mm-hmm. and then compare that to any similar story structures where the cops are not the protagonists. Right. Um, I, I, this made me think of, and, and, and so the re, I went to law school in, uh, in 2001, and the reason I went to law school was because of a show called The Practice. It was a legal drama, and mm-hmm. 
what was exceptional about the practice is it was criminal defense attorneys, and the show was not, I mean, it was about defending, uh, you know, criminals, but they sometimes the criminals were innocent, sometimes they were guilty, but it wasn't really about the criminals. It was actually about combating systemic problems in the justice system. And it was mm-hmm. like such a fantastic incredible series and uh, I think we need a show like that now for cops or for prosecutors that people can see the other side well you know I think that's what the wire was yeah 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 you know I think there have been and I think that's one of the things that the article doesn't get into but I'm I'm interested in are some of the shows that are cited or or weren't cited that do complicate that narrative in in ways that aren't necessarily as obvious. Um, right. You know, one of the things, one of the shows that, and I, you know, one of the shows that gets brought up is Brooklyn Nine-Nine mm-hmm. um, as a comedy and as, you know, as something that makes the NYPD kind of warm and cuddly. Right. And and that's fair. Like, that is, you know, I can 100% see that. And I, mm-hmm. you know, in that sense... You know, I think we need to be aware of, of that going on. I think part of it is that the show is not, as a, as a sitcom, it's not uh, a representation of reality, really. But I also think uh, there are some things the show does that doesn't necessarily, yes, the officers on it are, because they are all the main characters, and they are all enjoyable human beings. Right. Like, in a sense, that is propaganda. I also think that um, the show does some some interesting, more complicated things that are also worth talking about. Like, the fact that uh, all of the, the white male characters, or, like, talk about the three, three of the four white male leads on the show. Mm-hmm. As po- if you're talking about what they rep- represent in the police force, you have your main character, Jake Peralta, who is a white man who got invo- involved because he is obsessed with action movies. Mm -hmm. That's not great. (laughs) That's not like what you want cops to be, but also, and it's played for comedy, but on the other hand, like that doesn't make him a hero. Right. It's not like, that's not a great, (laughs) that's not a ring sound resounding endorsement. And it's also something that I think we could apply to a lot of people who probably sign up to be police officers. They get the idea for movies. So he's obsessed with, you know, John McClane. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other two, Hitchcock and Scully, are wholly incompetent and probably only have their job still because of the police union. And that could be explored further, but the idea that these two have been, you know, have held their jobs despite barely doing them, that's actually pretty critical. Like, that's not a good thing. Right. <laughs> These are not people that you want defending you. I think on the other hand, you have, uh, uh, Raymond Holt who plays the, the captain of the precinct mm-hmm. and he's, uh, a, a black gay police, she, uh, captain who, and the show goes into on occasion, like the struggles that he faced against prejudice to get to his position. And that isn't what right. defines him, but the show right. doesn't ignore that. You know, so there are ways that the show addresses it, but it's all again, it's couched within a comedy and there are certain things. So you're you're dealing with tropes and and then you're dealing with, well, you know, how can you what nuance can you find within those things? Right. Um, And it's it's um, 
I don't know. It, it, it's it's kind of... Uh, what's the way to put it? I, it it's, uh, it's, it's hard for me to... to I guess wrap my head around. I don't. That's not what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's it's interesting to me because the 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 point of view seems to be. I, I mean, on the on one extreme, it's that kind of any portrayal. It, it's like the, these shows will serve kind of like when people share videos of like, oh, look at that cop dancing with kids, or like you know, look at this right. one cop being good. But it's it's. Um, the criticism of that is that those videos serve as propaganda for, you know, that, that cover up a larger systemic problem um, right. and kind of paper over it as like, look, it's not all bad. Um, and I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, I, I get that argument and I understand it, even though I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine as a TV show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I, and I worked on a cop show. <laughs> Yeah. And have been in that writer's room. And I know, like, you know, the people in that room, they're all, you know, pretty much everyone in that room, as far as I know, were like liberals trying to do their best, basically, who are mostly, you know, TV and theater nerds who just, like, want to make a TV show. But, um, but you know, but you, you uh, but, you know, nobody quit their job over it. You know, nobody, nobody... Um, took that kind of approach and I don't know if that's did you I, I don't know ever, if it's fair or unfair but was it ever sorry, like ahead. did you ever even uh, ever consider tackling sort of like police violence I mean this uh, your show wasn't really the kind of show that would do that it wasn't really the kind of show that would do that um but we discussed it there was one episode I remember in particular um we we wanted to deal with or, or we tried to, I mean, I don't know. We tried to deal with kind of like the, you know, a cop shooting in social media, in the social media era scenario. Meaning that, like, you know, the someone is shot, uh, it's caught, on, you know, it, it's that video goes online and then the cop becomes a pariah, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, because it's a cop show where it's clear-cut good guys and bad guys the story ends with the bad guy, you know, having a, having had a gun and it was kind of a, not a setup exactly, but it was, you know, it, it ends up being a misunderstanding and not, right. not, not like a real, you know, not actually dealing with the issue. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, the cop that's, is exonerated. Yeah. The cop is exonerated. Obviously it ended up being, being a, a justifiable, you know, tragedy. Uh, and, and that's, that's, you know, at the time I'm like, you know, I'm just, trying to do my job and trying to trying to be a good you know member of the of the of the team but that you know in hindsight that that's infuriating and it's kind of fucked up that we did that uh, and i i don't know i, I don't know I, I mean i'm i feel like i'm still kind of like coming to grips with that and the and what that you know what does that mean and is it you know in a larger sense should it be that like are, are these stories worth telling? I guess maybe that's the question because yeah. one thing that um, one thing that I that I do love about TV is that in the right circumstances you can tell stories that aren't told. You can tell stories that you feel are important. Obviously, you know you end up massaging them and sandpapering them down for whatever network or you're on or whatever you know whatever your audience is. But you know there's a way to do that without maybe you know. I, I, I feel like maybe we didn't do that 
in a in a um, in a way that was we could have done better. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean there was there was an interesting uh, just in a single kind of episode, but there was an interesting storyline on 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 nine one one this season that. Mm-hmm reading this article made me think of and 911 is has a bit of an easier job because it's not strictly a police procedural it's right. much more weighted on the role of the fire department and uh 911 call center and it's much more about the pe- the first responders who are there to save lives right so you're dealing with EMTs you're dealing with the fire department um but you also have but the the cops are a portion of that story and your main police character is Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. which is one of the, you know, one of the <laughs> most aspirational, <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, talk you, about, you, talk about painting them in a positive, in a light, positive you know? light. Like, yeah. I mean, not only am I in awe of her, her muscle, her arm muscles, <laughs> but also like literally the show is just sort of like whatever she does is correct. And there's this really right. interesting episode where, her ex-husband and their children are in a car and they get pulled over and by, and it was a, it was a really, it was an excellent episode and they're, they're pulled over by two kind of racist cops Mm -hmm. and the, the, the situation escalates until like, you know, guns are drawn and it's the point of violence and it doesn't deescalate, I believe, and I might be misremembering this, but it, it literally comes down to like, I am Athena Grant's like, right, right, right. <laughs> like you know, is, they yeah. have to use her name right, as right. in like, I am related to a cop. I am a friend of a cop, like, you know, and that deescalates. And, and what I appreciated wasn't like the scene was very powerful and you have, you have Michael, who's a wonderful character on the show anyway, um, having to explain to his children, like, what just happened and how you, as a as a black person, deal with the police, mm-hmm. given the fact that their mother is a police officer. Right. And it's like, no, you, you know, you can trust your mother, but no, you can't just trust everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to be non you know, and it's it's so painful to watch. But what I appreciated about the series was it, it didn't leave it at that. What they did was they then, you know, Athena finds out and her first reaction as a cop is to sort of side with the police, which is, you know, she knows what it's like to go out and have your life on the line. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she's kind of like, well, there, you know, there could have been a misunderstanding, but, you know, they need to be on guard and da, 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 da. You know, she's she's kind of towing the party line and the episode ends up being more about her coming around and realizing, like, no, that's not enough. Just because you're a good cop and you, you're sympathetic to good cops who are trying their best, that doesn't mean that all cops are trying their best or all cops aren't, you know, have the best interest of the community that they serve. Right. And so it's her eventually, like, backing her family and doing what she can from the inside to get those officers that that pulled her husband, her ex-husband over um, getting them in trouble, <laughs> like essentially using her pull to like, you know, but it's the, it's, it's, it focuses on her thought process as both a, a black woman and a mother and a cop. Mm-hmm. And that nuance was, you know, the balance that the episode struck was really surprising to me, yeah. considering this is also a show that, you know, had the police 
the, I mean, the, the fire department captain, like, be a dude who burned down an apartment building filled with his own family. Like (laughs) the show has not always been subtle, (laughs) let's say. Um, So there, there are, you know, I think within these shows, is it propaganda? Yeah. If you're going to cast Angela fricking Bassett as your lead cop character, (laughs) yeah, that's a bit of propaganda. But to say that within those tropes, they, you know, there is the possibility that they are exploring things or, or even using that entry point. And, and our, you know, let's be honest, our public desire to see stories about justice. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a, there is, we talk about escapist entertainment. And in some ways, the fact that these shows don't represent reality is what makes them appealing. Right. You know, and, and that's what's so screwed up. That is, you know, we want shows where the bad guy is caught. And that ultimately, you know, and if the bad guy is a cop, but, you know, what we're looking at is is justice served. And if you're going to make a show about the cops, yeah, it's them catching these criminals. Now, there right. could very well be a show, you know, maybe what we need for balance is a show where, let's be honest, the cops are the ones that are getting busted right. <laughs> because right. they're doing wrong, and that would right. be great. But, you know, at heart, what we're talking about is the audience's desire to see stories about justice. Right. And that's where that escapism lies. And no, mm-hmm. you know, these shows do not represent reality. Right. And within the unreality of storytelling, there can be nuance found. But yeah, you know, another example I was thinking of, which I haven't seen, but I know you guys, or at least Dustin has seen, you know, like The Rookie. You know, what happens when you cast Nathan <laughs> Fillion as a cop? <laughs> right. <laughs> like... And that, yeah, that's not a show that takes up issues either. Uh, no. You know. Do, but but is it glowing or is it just sort of... Uh, it's pretty glowing, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's the occasional bad cop, and they root those out. Uh, uh, the guy from Lost uh, was a bad cop at the end of the season, but... It, I mean, he wasn't even a bad cop in uh, the... That kind of way, you just like you know covered up a murder or something. I don't know. But yeah. uh, Dan, you remember Southland though, and that was now that was like a fucking amazing, amazing uh, cop show, and so good that I wanted to quit whatever I was doing and become a cop because of that show, which is the absolute wrong response to a, a cop show. But it portrayed cops in such a I don't I, I wouldn't call it a flattering light, but an authentic one, I thought. But I think it was just the camera. <laughs> yeah. It was natural, uh, you know, the sort of same naturalistic, the same sort of camera, uh, camera technique they use on Friday Night Lights story. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, applied mm. to a cop procedural. Well, I mean, I've told you guys about the time that I, when I was in high school and I, I originally, when I was looking at colleges, I was, I was, I was originally thinking I was going to try to become an FBI agent, um, because I really love Twin Peaks, (laughs) which was, (laughs) which was not an accurate, you know, representation of what the FBI does. But this is, doesn't that kind of like sell the, like. Prove the point of the article. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, exactly. and that's 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 my point. I, you know, like yeah. if you know, 
we all talk about, you know, we can laugh about this, but even in these dumb, like, you know, that was a dumb connection to make. But it was a connection that, you know, 17-year-old me seriously considered until I Mm -hmm. stopped and was like, no, that just means I need to go into a film program because I like (laughs) David Lynch. It's not about the trench coat and badge. You know, that... So media has power and we all, you know, if there's any takeaway, it's that, yeah, we all should be critical and we should all be thinking about that question. Like there are so many times where I see people even just talking about documentaries and they're like, well, you know, who take it as, as textbook fact Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the idea that there's authorship or that, you know, like there is still a point of view. Who is holding the camera? Who is mm-hmm. editing? Who is deciding right. what ends up on that screen? Even textbooks. Who is writing? Who is right. editing? Like <laughs> Who is ordering the textbooks? <laughs> who is ordering? Like there is always a point of view. Mm-hmm. And if you're not cognizant of that, then anything is propaganda. Right. And and that's what that is the uncomfortable reality. But I think the the spotlight shown on like yeah, you know, in that light anything could be propaganda. But like let's be honest, there are an awful lot of fucking cop shows. Yeah. <laughs> like, and what is it about us that makes us drawn to that, or have we been trained? to be drawn to that. And even when we see cops, because that's the other problem. There's Then there's the flip side, which is the vigilante narrative. Yeah. Right. So yeah. something like I know I got into with like, uh, <laughs> with like the, the Punisher, which is like, yeah. okay, so those situations where, the, you know, the system, cops can't really see justice done because of the system. So we need someone who's operating outside of it but you're still trusting that they, as an individual with zero oversight, has the public interest at heart. Right. Like, you know, we have this obsession with these storylines that are very dangerous. <laughs> so basically... But, but that, yeah. There's like two shows. So there's like The Practice and The Wire that tackle this from a systemic level. And like, that's it. And that's it. Well, and because you guys haven't seen Homicide Life on the Street. Yeah, I haven't. I saw some Homicide back in the day, but admittedly do not remember most of it. It's so. not... So it's not The Wire. It doesn't yeah. have equal perspective on criminals. Uh, but it does have a bit more of a... It's not... The cops are complicated. Right. In a... In a in a much more, and again, this is, you know, you're talking, this was mostly in the nineties. This was parallel to the NY, to the law and order boom. Uh, it never got as big still, you know, based on the David Simon book, but not really run by him. It was like, right. He, he sold his book. Basically. He sold the book. They made the NBC show. And then he was like, Oh, that's really television is pretty interesting. And they made the wire. Like he (laughs) made a better show, but for a network procedural, which was constantly in crossovers with law and order. Mm -hmm. Homicide was a really fascinating case because the cops were not, they were not pristine. Right. It was, um, and of course, Richard Beltzer started on Homicide, then ended up in the Law and Order shows. Right. Um, but no, I mean, you know, there there have been, 
Yeah, I don't. I think there are there are a lot of ways that these shows can complicate that, but that doesn't mean that on a certain level, if you're not looking for those complications, that they aren't propaganda. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, as much as I defend, you know, I can I can find all these arguments to defend and to defend Brooklyn Nine Nine, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, if that was what I thought cops are. I would feel very, you know, <laughs> very benevolent toward them. Like, I, right. you know, like that's, yeah. You know, even down to Peralta, like, palling around with the Pontiac Bandit. Right. Like, you know, yeah, it's charming. No, that's not reality. Is that, if you think that's reality, that's a problem. Right. Is it the job of that show to represent reality? I don't know. I think it, I think it tries to inject a lot of, you know, elements that are very pointed. Mm -hmm. But no, it's not, it's not perfect. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, so the article, whether you agree agree with it or not, I think the article was really, you know, thought-provoking. Yeah. 45 minutes later, and the article. Um, Uh, It's not 45 minutes later. It's like... I I know. Uh, it's been a no. It's it's a it, it's a it's an interesting uh, uh, point and one that I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I had definitely thought of it before, um, but I think yeah, it's an important question to to ask now. And now, so you have experience writing on cop shows. Like, do you mm-hmm. think, in light of more recent events, like, do you think that writers' rooms will will be more cognizant of these kind of things? Or do you think that there's enough pressure from kind of networks or whatever? Like how do you think that there will be any sort of change in the approach? Mm. And it could be a show by show thing. There might be shows like the rookie that don't have room for this, but no, no, I think the rookie is actually a show that will take this up because like, uh, that guy's it's, um, Holly's brother. He's, 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 Cognizant, he'll tackle this. I don't know. <laughs> you I, I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't know about the rookie. I'm just saying I don't know. I, I think it, it'll be on a show by show case right. uh, basis at best. Yeah. Because um, it's not. It's you know. I mean, part of it is that there. There's a. Uh, I don't think it's going to end up on the CBS procedurals. I don't, NCIS. No. And, yes. and you know, and and one thing to uh, one thing that's common to these shows is that most of these shows have either police advisors who are active duty uh, cops or detectives, more often detectives, or you know, retired officers, retired detectives. Um, so you know, you're you're getting that perspective, like that. That's the perspective that's being fed to you, even yeah. though you're not. You know, um, even though you're uh, opposed to to something, you know, in, in a in kind of an intellectual exercise, that that's that's the uh, you're that's the point more, of view you're getting. Yeah, you know? you're going to be more sympathetic to that point of view and those right. challenges. You're not necessarily having an incarcerated, you know, a, a right. We don't have weekly calls with people from you know from uh, affected neighborhoods who are or neighborhoods that are you know constantly over policed you know it's it, we're, so yeah. it's I, I, I mean it's it, it's hard to say and honestly I mean I don't know not every show will think about it some shows will be like no this is 
I mean, they'll they'll approach it like a story rather than uh, rather than a an interpretation of reality, right? Even though right. it's like, no, you got to keep your show grounded or as realistic as possible. That's like a that's more of like a like a note for for uh, how to deliver the story, because these stories aren't realistic. Like they're never realistic, yeah. even the ones that are outside of maybe The Wire or, or you know show that, like Law and Order. You don't get you don't arrest someone and then send them to prison in an um, hour. I'm sorry, that Law and Order work. is ripped from the headlines. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. Nine one one is based actual on actual case law. <laughs> yeah, nine one one is based on viral emergencies. This like, is true. I, I withdraw. Right with uh, reality. My, my point. You <laughs> but, know the fucking six foot tapeworm coming yeah, out of that I, dude's ass. I think there's a little <laughs> bit of a of a naivete uh, on the on this uh, on the part of writers, um, often not always, but uh, where you know you're in the you're in a writer's room and your goal is you're just like, I just, we just want to tell an interesting story. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes we come into it with, with an agenda. Sometimes it's honestly just, Oh, I heard this cool thing or I heard this weird thing or, uh, you know, this is something we've never done before. Let's do that. And that's yeah. all it is. And, and you don't, you know, because the rest of the structure exists for you start with a murder you end with justice, then you just do whatever it takes to get from A to B. And you don't think about the message you're sending, you know? Um, so I hope that people think about it more, and I hope that people are more cognizant of that. But I, I, I don't know. It, it, it'll, it'll come down to, like, a show-by-show show thing. Yeah. Definitely. Now, here's my next question. What do you think Blue Bloods will do about it? I've is that never... show still on the air? <laughs> it, is it is still, still on the air. air. I've never seen a second uh, show. I've never seen it either. All I know about that show is that it is technically more of a family drama than a cop show. Okay. If I if I understand it correctly. Because <laughs> when but, I was reading the article the whole time, I'm like, they haven't mentioned Blue Bloods. And in my I, head, like, that would be the most propaganda. I, I, but yeah, I'm my, sure it's more of a family I don't know, drama. but my guess is that for Blue Bloods, their storytelling is dictated by when do they get Tom Selleck in town. Because ah. uh, I have heard stories that he... he you know, he he's only available in certain windows. Really? So, uh, what the hell yeah. is he doing? Is, yeah, is Tom Selleck no, the, too busy? The, okay, the the rumor. I don't. This is not verified, so who knows? But the rumor was that it's not like um, this is public or anybody's going to hear it, Dan. Yeah, no, this isn't like a podcast. That <laughs> yeah, but it's not like multiple like a, platforms. Or, look, I don't. I, I can't verify this, so it's not. Don't don't you okay. know? Get. I'm not going to get in trouble. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Whatever. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> No, no, the, the story that I had heard, which may not be real, but uh, let's say it sounds real. Let's say it's um, definitely that, real. Okay. Was that the way that uh, one, of the, one of the logistical challenges on that show is that uh, Tom Selleck lives in Los Angeles and, you know, they film in New York. So what they would have to do is when they would schedule the episodes – they had to make sure that all the scenes for one episode were at the very end of that shooting schedule, and then the next episode was at the very beginning. So let's say he's in two days of a, of a shooting schedule, just as an example. Then, <laughs> then he's only in New York for four days because it's, two, it's the last two days of, of this episode and then the first two days of the next one. They shoot all of his scenes, and then he leaves and goes back home. So if there, are resh- um, if there is like any reshoots or writing, he's not available. Well, you don't have to worry about that because all of his stuff's done. Right. He can. So, um, so that 
that was one okay. of their okay. I don't like that's that's the kind of structural challenge they're dealing with. I don't right? understand. I, is he is he the lead? Or is he well, just, he's the, he's the uh, is he the whip? He's number. He's the uh, or the end. oh no, he's the. He's the end, but oh, he's, he's also end. Tom Selleck, so you know. Okay, so he's the end. I, I, I've never watched this, and I just looked it up, and I'm like, oh, first of all, I had no idea that Donnie Wahlberg was in this. Oh, or yeah, that the whole time. Bridget Moynihan is in this the whole yes! time. Yes! Yep. Are you fucking kidding me? These two yes! have been a decade in the show. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Dustin, how have you not watched this I, show? I, I don't know. It's, it's just not my, I don't watch CBS procedurals. So this is really a Wahlberg and Moynihan show that Tom Selleck is the and on. But it's but it was sold at the beginning as a Tom Selleck show. It absolutely was. All uh, the posters, it was like his big fucking okay. mustached face. Right, because he's the he's the I don't know where they are in the storyline now, but at the beginning, he's the chief of police, I believe, and then his son. Donnie is a oh, captain or lieutenant wow. or something, and then the daughter is also. They're all, it's like a police. Oh, family. that's a daughter. Oh, yeah, I see Reagan. Reagan. Oh my God! Everybody in this show is Reagan. Holy yeah, shit! The and, first and one of the one, one of the one of the other things that they structured their show around are like these family dinners. So, or again, ten years ago, I don't know what they do now. But so it was. It was. Uh, it, it it was sold as a cop show. But was actually more of a family oh, drama. I see. As I understand it. Now again, I haven't seen it ever. So, Which um, is funny. But so, but it's what awesome. you're saying anyway, is Blue Bloods is a lie. Blue Bloods is a lie. It's they're using lie. they're using old. cops the cake is just a lie. to just to tell a family story. Yeah. Uh, so they're really the most subversive of them all. Um, you can't trust cops. What kind of family story are you telling about cops? Do they solve crimes or not? That's what I want to know. Uh, I mean, probably. I don't know. Isn't one of them a DA? Maybe. I have no fucking idea. The DA. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Blue Bloods on CB still on CBS. Wasn't Bridget Moynihan uh, Tom Brady's first baby mama? Uh, so, I believe yeah. they had a child together. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Well. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's a. It's a. I'm not, I, I, I'm I think not gonna that, make any. That, yeah, I'm just looking at pictures of Bridget Moynihan right now. I'm like, oh my god, really? What's going on here? Well, I think that yeah, it's a it's a difficult question. I don't know. There's no there are no good answers here unless unless your answer is get rid of all police procedurals, which then you would have no TV left and network television. But you well, know what we would have, Dustin. We would have a lot of television that we're about to cover. Uh, in like, the untitled, unexplained game. So uh, basically TV that could be filled with Anna Kendrick. You be quiet, Tori. <laughs> You're ruining my game. <laughs> Wait. Dude, what if she's in a cop show? What oh, are you has do? she ever been Wait, in a cop what, show? What, she, I don't think so. She hasn't. She's too know. tiny. Yeah, she's, no, she's a she could short, be tough. I would be intimidated by her. It's not that she couldn't be tough. It's just like, I, I don't know. Would you buy her as a cop? That's a... That's a. I think literally anyone could kick my ass, so it's really not fair to ask me. <laughs> um, Tori, but remember, Wait you're officially strong. I have so. to say this. Okay. And I've only gone through twenty, but I typed in Bridget Moynihan because I want to see what she looked like now. Oh my god. Uh, whatever image search and <laughs> eighteen what? of the first twenty pictures on just Bridget Moynihan are pictures of her with Tom Brady. That is pathetic. That's including very the very first one. 
She's been on a uh, show for a decade, and mm-hmm. she can't get a fucking picture without Tom fucking Brady. Well, that as might a, be. You have to remember that Google will uh, prioritize uh, searches based on what they believe you want to see. So, oh, oh, so this saying. is really oh, a slam against me. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, for whatever reason, your computer thinks that uh, you love Google Tom Brady. Thinks that you love. You Tom know Brady. who I like? Oh, not like? Tom Brady. Really? Because really, Tom um, Brady is my least favorite person on. Did you or did you wait. not bid like sixty dollars on Tom Brady once, like seven years ago? Oh my god! What? No, no! I <laughs> oh never shit! Done the that. fantasy football dirt comes out. Never. I don't even understand. Never. Are you sure? Yes, yeah, sure? I am positive. I okay. will not draft a fucking patriot to save my fucking life. Oh, I bet you love him. Um, no, I'm. I'm kidding. I'm pretty sure that that was. Uh, Seth. That was no, I'm pretty sure that it was Peyton Manning I'm thinking about. But yes, anyway. I, it was probably seven. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, wait, real quick, can you do a Google image search on uh, Jen Hawk? Because I I had a blast looking him up on Getty. On who? And Jen Hawk. Getty images. Oh. Yeah, so on Getty, I got a lot of his red carpet images mm-hmm. um, and all of his outfits, and they were incredible. He wears a lot of kilts. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that Tetris suit. Um, yep. he wore a full on dress to a Madam Butterfly premiere. Yep. Uh, it was gorgeous. So I had a lot of, but it was also really, uh, also sort of offensive because a lot of, then a lot of images from Parasite came in and I realized that Getty wasn't really <laughs> listening. It was like taking. Oh no. Yeah. Cause yeah. It they do have a, they do have a tagging problem. They have it. Well, it was a tagging problem. I think it was. I think if I'd put Jin Han quotation marks, so it was like the words had to be together, mm-hmm. as opposed to parts of a word that were separate. Right. Um, but yeah, so Getty. It was a. It was a bit of a problem with Getty. Um, but now I'm curious about what Getty about what Google Images pulls up because, like, is it just going to be all pictures from devs? <laughs> I get a lot of his uh, that red. Dress pants thing Me uh, too. from the Devs yeah. premiere. Oh, the jumpsuit! Oh. Yeah, is that a jumpsuit? I don't. I don't. I think what sure. I love about it is that it's a wonderful outfit, and I would never look in as good in it because I don't have his beard. <laughs> Because, like, it's very aspirational for me. Like, I would right. 100% like buy it. But he's the got beard? the beard. The beard makes it. Because he's got the it like, does, tasseling It does somehow necklace. work with the beard. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I'm very jealous. Um, but no, anyway, so, yeah, as you were, like, getting upset about Bridget Moynihan images, I spent the day just looking up his red carpet appearances, and it was, like, an escape for me. <laughs> It was very soothing. We well, you know there's no better no no better actress to provide you an escape is uh, Anna Kendrick. Let's do it, Dan. There we go. See uh, whatever the game. game this is, I'm gonna crush. You are. Well, unfortunately, now I have to change some of the questions because oh, boo. you know now that it is a game about Anna Kendrick. Not that you didn't an hour ago, but anyway. I don't um, remember. I've had a bunch of bourbon since then. Just mm-hmm, go for mm-hmm. it. Don't change right, anything. So, so let, Dust, let Dustin cheat. Here's an untitled game that Dustin will cheat at. Uh, here's your first question. Um, this performer stars in the in the uh, telefilm 
Noel on Disney Plus. <laughs> Anna Kendrick. Correct. Corey <laughs> gets a point. Wait, I know that, but I what is this like? Whoever you buzzes in the quickest. You just have to quickest? say words, Dustin. You didn't say it. You in just time, gotta say Dustin, it. So. Just One zero Tory. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, how about this? Uh, this performer plays the character named Cody on the Quibi original Dummy. Oh, Anna, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. Correct, Tory. It's yeah. a point. Yeah. Two zero. What? What is going on? Yo, I'm all know. about them you, sex All toys. I know is that Tory is winning. Also uh, so that. Far. Uh, uh, Anna Kendrick. Uh, Dustin gets minus one point for yeah. answering before the question. Yeah, is you asked. can't do that. That's called cheating, Dustin. That's called cheating. Uh, so There's here's the question: uh-huh. uh, <laughs> on the show, on the HBO Max original Love Life, Anna Kendrick. Incorrect. Tori loses the point it. for answering before the question is asked. Uh, who plays the character Darby? Anna Kendrick. Correct. Nothing gets a point. What? Back. <laughs> that is crap. You both asked. You both answered before uh, I asked. Finished the question. So there you go. Um, two to one, Dustin. Uh, sorry, two to one, Tori. Um, all right. Uh, here is a question. Uh, which? Uh, so okay. So there are three, and the the reason why this game exists is because Anna Kendrick apparently just shows up whenever you launch a new streaming service. Uh, she was in the movie Noel. She yes. was in the Queeby show Dummy, and she's in Love Life on HBO Max. Uh, uh, which of but those shows? She was shows, also on so Facebook the, Watches. Uh, don't don't worry about Facebook Watch. I promise I will never ask a question about Facebook. <laughs> Facebook yeah, nobody Watch. remembers that. Nobody cares or remember, remembers. Uh, in which of the three shows, Noel? Well, Noel is a movie, but TV movie. Noel, Dummy, or Love Life? Uh, in which of these three does she uh, also star alongside Donald Logue? Uh, dummy? Noel? Correct. Ooh. It is oh, Dummy. Shit. Tori Damn gets it. a point. Uh, uh, all right, here's the next question off of that. Uh, you don't see high movies. The... What? No, but we're a TV podcast. Just... A TV podcast. I know, but we're but already, we're already skirting Anna the line with Noel Kendrick movies so well. Well, these are about no- Anna Kendrick TV. Dustin, this isn't uh, all about catering to your cheating. God damn it! Yeah. Uh, in the Quibi original Dummy, do you know the name of the character that Donald Logue plays? Why would I know that? <laughs> I don't hear any clicking. Uh, here's a hint. Uh, he he plays a character who oddly shares a name with a real person. Dan. Correct. Do you know <laughs> oh, what you his full name is? No. Uh, how about this? It is a, Dan it is, Johnson. No, it is a person named Dan who has created multiple successful television shows. Levy. Incorrect. Harmon. Correct. Ooh. God damn it. Uh, that's right. Donald Logue, his character is named Dan Harmon because the uh, because the show was created by Dan Harmon's uh, uh, girlfriend, who is a, another a writer in her own right, Cody Heller, and the show is about basically her. It, the, the, it's literally her Wait, and Dan Harmon. Like it's about them. Dan and Harmon it, it, managed to that, get another girlfriend after completely f- screwing over his relationship with his ex-wife. Uh, yeah. You know, this is funny. 
And here's a little here's a little inside baseball for the the last five people that are still listening. Uh, Vivian Kane, who used to write for the site for a, a few years, and was a good friend of mine. Her very best friend is Dan Harmon's ex-wife. So Vivian oh. was at. Their uh, wedding? Their wedding, yes. It was a crazy weekend for, like, the site because we were, like, hearing about Dan Harmon's wedding secondhand from Vivian. And then it didn't pan out. No, it didn't. No. Hmm. Uh, he seems like right. he's doing fine. And now, I, it, like, Vivian's going to be one of the people that listen to this podcast all the way through. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, Vivian. I spilled the beans. Does she listen all the way through? Should I should I no, no. omit her name? <laughs> she will I can cut that. never listen to this podcast. All right. Uh, well, then she won't hear Dustin losing at a game that he claimed he would win because yeah. he's down to Tory 4-1. You're one. not oh. really asking about Anna Kendrick. All right. She here is an easy one, Dustin. This one is so easy. Even you should get it. All right. Of the three, of the two shows and TV movie, in which of the of the three properties does Anna Kendrick co-star alongside Scoot McNary? Oh, Love Life. Love Life. Oh, Tori. <laughs> come on. Come on. Um, I'm sorry. I believe you meant to say Scott McNary. Oh, that's right. Scott McNary. I, I've never to seen the show, but I've read Dustin's uh, review. You're right. My apologies. According to uh, auto correct. According, according to pajaba.com writer Dustin Rolls, right, uh, right. her co-star is named Scott McNary. <laughs> Anyway, Tori's won the game. Uh, some other question. Oh, here's a bonus question. I just want to ask this one. Uh, of the three properties, which one did I accidentally watch all the way through? <laughs> Love Life. No. Uh, I Dummy? Noelle. It, it is Dummy. No. I, I accidentally watched all of Dummy. I haven't watched that. Was I watched the good? whole thing. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, well, I mean it's a Quibi short, show. right? Like, how long are the episodes? Yeah, they're like seven-minute episodes, and there are what ten episodes. So yeah, it's like a it's like a little bit over an hour. But that still means you've watched an entire Quibi. Series. I did. It's the first Quibi show I've watched all the way through. Do you remember Quibi? I don't. Uh, it's still I, the, my free trial still going until the fourth of July, so I've got time. <laughs> wow. Um, it was it was fine. It was weird. Um, it was. Hmm. Uh, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. It didn't all make sense, but Donald right. Logue was in it. Uh, Meredith Hagner, who's in uh, Search Party, which will be coming back to HBO Max next month. I'm excited uh, about she that. She was in it. Um, so, you know, I was mildly entertained. I was a little annoyed that I was watching it on my phone, but whatever. I might watch that just to be an Anna Kinder completist so that I can, the next time you have an Andrew Kinder game. There will never really, be another one. <laughs> I've watched all of her movies. I'm, well, Dustin, you did the wrong homework for this podcast. Yeah, Dustin, She's I've a watched local. literally ni- none of the three programs. Yeah. Tori won just through context clues and being, a, you know, a reasonable human being. Which, true story, if you want to talk about my life in the 20s in New York, that's <laughs> literally how I got through college. <laughs> Not doing the work. Context cues. <laughs> Oh, wait, Dustin, I have a question about your Anna Kendrick story, which you told earlier. Uh, uh-huh. Was the bar uh, that you that you saw her at when you were in Maine, was that the bar that we went to? The, the she weird had Bubba's? No, it, Bubba's? it was not Bubba's. It was oh. not Bubba's, no. That would make that story like 30% better. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
But they're like she she was at um, where I played pub trivia. So I walked downstairs to use the bathroom, and she was like sitting next to the bathroom. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Sandra Kendrick!" But nobody, because it was Maine, nobody was bothering her. There was just like not a soul was near did her. You, did you bother her, Dustin? No, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't going to be that guy. Look, okay. for the record, I one time walked past David Hasselhoff on the corner of, like, 66 and Broadway, and, like, <laughs> I'm not making a big deal about it. Like, I don't think that okay, I'm a Hasselhoff but, super fan or, like, know okay. everything or would win a quiz about his entire <laughs> Ooh, Hasselhoff quiz next week. No, don't. Actually, are there any big, He's famous Vermont leathery. celebrities? I don't know. Fish? Okay, Bernie. but like Bernie, actor and actress Ben and Jerry. Yeah, I think Norman Lear maybe has a vacation home here. Like um, homegrown, you don't have any people. Uh, fish. I'm sure there are some. <laughs> I guess we. I mean, let's see. <laughs> I don't know. It's what a part big of deal when you come from not. a small state. Because <laughs> like Arkansas had Billy Bob Thornton. No, no, no. And we have we have ice cream, and we have Bernie, and then we have fish. I see. Uh, people from Vermont. That's that's too big a list on Wikipedia. Really? Um, is it? How can there be that Maine many? Has, There's no one here. Well, it's it's not actors. That's why I said celebrities, and it gave me all like politicians mm. and stuff. Oh. So Maine has Stephen King, Anna Kendrick, and yeah. Katie Asselton. Oh yeah. Oh, New Hampshire is really the Jackson. one. That, Painter raised in London in uh, Rutland. No, we have no oh, Jim Jeffords politician. Yeah, it's uh, they all come from uh, New Hampshire. Uh, Felicity Huffman. Is... Felicity Huffman's from Vermont. She oh, is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, according to Wikipedia. No, maybe not. It <laughs> says she was born in. Wait, where, where did it say Vermont? I don't know. I was going on Wikipedia. Uh, oh, she went to high school in Vermont. So. Oh, whatever. Uh. That's not enough. So, what about the mammoths? Mm, the mammoths are... Mm-hmm. Uh, Shirley, New Hampshire. Shirley Jackson huh. lived here for a while. Yeah, the mammoths are from Vermont. New Hampshire has Sarah Silverman, Seth Meyers, and Adam Sandler. Yeah, but it's New Hampshire. <laughs> That's true. That's Nothing true. good comes from New, New Hampshire. New Hampshire sucks. Yeah. Uh, let's it's see. true. Celebrities... <laughs> I don't uh, realize you know, you know who who we have from Hawaii. Just uh, not to, I don't want to brag, but uh, <laughs> we do have uh, Barack Daniel Obama. It's from Hawaii. No, Daniel Kim's not from I Hawaii. Never heard of him. Uh, Barack Obama, Punahou grad. Very, you know, no big deal. But you know, don't worry about it. Um, I don't know who that is. Uh, look, he's not an actor, so he's technically not not uh, a, right. not in the realm of television. But you know, so he's not like Anna Kendrick. He's no, no, he's no Anna Kendrick. Huh. Um, I just found out that Piers Anthony at some point, the fantasy author, at some point lived in Vermont. That doesn't I don't know who that is either. <laughs> you, you, oh my God. Uh, I'm going to end the podcast now just so we don't keep uh, listing off actors and from our, our respective states. Oh, but, oh uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Vermont, Alison Bechdel. <laughs> well, she's done an actress. Like the Bechdel test. Sure. No, but she's, she's not. She's no, she's the cartoonist, but the Bechdel test. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll give That's it pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not. That's it's like not a Obama, thing. But, you know, it's pretty. You good. can all just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, I don't have a Stephen King. 
That's right. Dustin, you're not even from Maine. Or a, Yeah, but I yeah. said Billy Bob Thornton is Arkansas, and that's who we got. We got Bill Clinton and Billy Bob Thornton, and that's it. All right. Uh, Josh yeah. Lucas. And then, and then he's got Barack and, and all that. So two of us have presidents. That's and right. one of us has, you know. I have a longtime runner-up <laughs> who's whatever. Oh, uh, we gotta we gotta sign off before this gets too too, too depressing. <laughs> that's anyway, that's that's the end of the show this week. Uh, but you know, next time there'll be another one, and we'll see. Baba boy, we're in a. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, things hey, are better. Tim than, Daly. Oh, there okay, you go. Tim Daly's pretty that's good. Not that's a, a good. That's, that's a good one. That's not a good one. I like it. No. What? what? Do you mean Wings that's not cast members one? are not good ones. No, well, he was born you? in Manhattan. It doesn't count. Yeah, I was telling you guys. Oh no, he went to Bennington College. Okay, so he so he sought out Vermont. He chose Vermont. Yeah, I mean, if it he wasn't that he people was who went to Bennington College, that would be a whole other thing. <laughs> I'm reading a book about Modern Family right now, and, like, I just got through the casting process, and, like, everybody from Wings was actually up for lead roles in Modern Family, which is funny. Because they're all great. Wings was a wonderful show. So what you're saying is that... Is that- they could have. They might have made a show that I would have watched yes. for longer if they had cast everybody from Wings. Tim Daly in the uh, <laughs> Phil Dumpy role. Yep. Oh my god. I would watch that. Yeah. I love Wings. You know, Matt LeBlanc was up for the Tim Daly role. I mean, the Ty Pennington role. They offered it to him, and he said no. You know, uh, Ty Pennington was in a one-season sitcom on ABC about <laughs> a family of doctors. Called Out of Practice with Henry Winkler. Yep. yep. Have you seen Out of Practice? Uh, I did. I because I love <laughs> Henry Winkler. <laughs> I watched it uh, after, well, after it, it had uh, ended, but only because uh, uh, Chris Gorham was in it, and I was like, "Oh, Chris Gorham, that's cool." Well, I'm finding from Modern Family that that um, that show with Fraser with um, Kelsey Grammer was very instrumental in all of this. Uh, in all of Modern Family, but it was a back to Frazier? Kelsey. Back to you. Back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Ty started in that. Right. Uh, yeah, and that show. Uh, that was Christopher Lloyd and uh, Jonathan Levitan, Chris Le- something Levitan, the two guys who don't talk to each other, even though they have a successful show together. I believe it is Christopher Lloyd and Steve Levitan. Steve, that's right. <laughs> But uh, you know what Steve Levitan was involved in that I did watch all of? Uh, L.A. to Vegas, although he was a director, not a, not a writer. L.A. to Vegas? Yeah. Don't remember. Is that the Hugh Jackman show? No, that's no. the show with the airplane with Tim Daly. Yeah, no. it's so good. No, it had a... It was the uh, other... Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott. Uh, I'm like, yeah. you know... From, from the, the practice. practice. There we From go. Practice. And we've brought it all full circle. Good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs>